Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. So, hey, we've been talking about Antioch's history and church planting, specifically starting with the first church plant in Ulan Uday. And now that I'm sure as you were out there, there's tons of stories that you could tell right. probably probably once a day. There's always sure. something to tell. But, but why don't you take us into a few of those kind of outstanding stories for you while you were in there in, in that country with those people on the ground doing ministry? What are right. some stories that stood out to you? Yeah. Well, there's so many stories, and, and I do always have to say we had such incredible people that literally laid their lives down, mm-hmm. spent much more time out there, really were our long-term team, et cetera. I would come and go every two to three months, sometimes say two weeks or three weeks. So, um, But in those times, we had some incredible things mm-hmm. happen. And uh, one the, the most pronounced story or one of my biggest memories was... Um, we were headed to a conference where we were gathering with all our people all around Russia in the central part of Russia, and we had been there for a week in Ulan Day. We're going to go back to uh, go to this conference and then come on back. And that particular day, it was a freezing cold day, which was very common in Siberia, yeah. by the way. <laughs> um, so let's just say it was probably 20 below outside. And so we go to the train station. And we're waiting for the train. So it's probably, we get there probably 45 minutes early. Trains are usually on time, actually, but you just got to make sure you're there. And it's super packed in the inside because nobody's standing on the outside, right? So every mm-hmm. person who's going to take mm-hmm. a train that day is crammed inside of this. So there's several hundred, I'm sure a thousand plus people in this train station. And um, so uh, one of our guys comes over to me and he says, uh, hey, have you ever seen a dead guy? And I was trying to think, I mean, I know I've seen on TV, movies, I'm trying to think if I ever, you know, I've been to a funeral, but I said, not like live, not like, not right <laughs> live and said, in person. He said, you see that old guy over there? I think he's dead. And I said, really? So I, I go over there and, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, go, I'm trying to approach and see, you know, try yeah. to shake this guy and see if he's yeah. okay. And he rolls out of the chair like when somebody faints and kind of bounces on the floor. And I'm like, whoa, I think this guy's dead. So... <laughs> So I'm thinking, what do we do, right? And and the funny thing is, or the not no funny, but the interesting thing is, everybody's just kind of like milling around. The guy's laying on the floor, yeah. and so I'm I lean up against the wall. And I'm thinking, is this it? Is this the raising from the dead story? I'm thinking, what should I pray? Lazarus, come forth uh, uh, in the name of Jesus. What you know? What phrase from the Bible? Talitha Kum. Uh, you know, yeah. what, what what are the phrases that I could pray? And one of our uh, Russian leaders was with me, and, and so I don't know why I thought I needed a translator, but mm-hmm. I said, hey, Sasha, come with me uh, and just, just pray so, what I pray. So the dead man can understand. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, so he can hear the word of the Lord. So we lean down, touch the guy, cold, clammy, and I'm thinking, I think this guy's dead, right? So I put my, my hand on his shoulder and praying for him, and, and I'm just saying, Lord Jesus, raise him up, come forth, you know, all those words. Mm-hmm. Nothing's happening. He's just stiff as a board. And I can feel the crowd around me. You know that sense? You can just sense mm-hmm. that there's feet and people gathering around you. 
And what, for whatever reason, I just look at Sasha and I said, whatever I say, say. And I jump up and I said, this guy's dead and you're gonna be too. <laughs> the question is, do you know Jesus? Every man when he dies will come before the judgment seat of God and either you know God or you don't got, know God. And in the name of Jesus, we can be saved. Every man who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. Do you know Jesus? We are sinners. We needed a savior. Jesus has come and all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I preached the gospel and I said, who wants Jesus? All these hands, you know, wow. just pop up in the air. And I said, Lord Jesus, we forgive us of our sins. We believe you died on the cross. We believe you mm -hmm. rose from the dead. Come into my life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you just hear people starting to cry out wow. to God. It's, it's so powerful. And then right on the heels of that, after everybody prays this prayer, and now our team's kind of mixing it up. We've probably got 10 of us there. And uh, uh, I said, all right, wherever it hurts, put your hand where it hurts, because mm -hmm. Jesus came to bring a kingdom message of salvation and healing and deliverance. And people start screaming. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're being touched by the Holy Spirit. And uh, I still remember one lady, they, they're, they're, they're telling me, I can see, I can see. Wow. One other person had a tumor on their shoulder and it disappeared wow. just in the presence of God. I mean, it was like stunning. It was, we didn't hardly believe it. It was just happening. Wow. And so then, I mean, the crowd just starts pushing in again as all these miracles are happening. And a, a new group kind of really is forming around the edges and up and I, and I go again. I said, Sasha, let's go again. This guy's dead and you're gonna be too. <laughs> and I preach the gospel again. Who yeah. needs Jesus? All yeah. these hands are raised. Do the same thing with healing. And when we're praying, the power of God and the presence of God is showing up so mm. uh, incredibly that people come up to me and they're bringing their sons or daughters. Uh, I remember one lady bringing her, her son who you could tell had uh, um, some kind of malady in his legs mm -hmm. or whatever, and she's trying to give me money to pray for wow. him. She thinks, you know, the power of God, I can pay for this and, and get my son healed. And I grabbed the money, it was just some change, and I threw it in the air and I said, no man can heal but Jesus alone. Jesus alone heals. It's him. It's wow. him. Call on the name of Jesus. We pray over that lady, pray over different ones, and it's just amazing. Well, about wow. that time, uh, the uh, ambulance comes in, they put him on a stretcher, and they haul him off, and I'm thinking, you're taking my illustration. <laughs> so I'm thinking, one more time, and now people are up in the, uh, the, the mezzanine yeah. up above, yeah. around, and I, and I can see all them now looking in one more time as, the, as they're hauling him out, and I'm saying, that guy's dead, and you're gonna be too. We did third round. Wow. <laughs> About that time after we kind of prayed the prayer of salvation and then prayed for the power of God to come, the third round, I get a tug on my coat. My guy's saying, our train's here. We've got to go. We've got to go. And I don't know what in the world I was thinking. I should have just said, forget the train. Yeah. <laughs> but I knew we had uh, our Russian leaders there and half of our leaders were staying. So the Americans and the Russians were still there. And I remember telling Kevin, Kevin, whatever you do, just keep praying. And, and you know, I remember him telling me, hey, it's a little overwhelming. They're looking to us like we're gods. Or, and I said, just sh keep shouting the name of Jesus. Just keep glorifying Jesus. Don't worry about it. God's moving just go with it. And they ended up praying for people for two more hours, wow. they told us after we had left. And, you know, I think about those deals and I think, wow, God, I mean, uh, this people mm -hmm. uh, for 70 years have been under the stranglehold of mm -hmm. communism. In Siberia specifically, yeah. many of these people had been outcast. Uh, the Buryats were a minority group that, that wasn't necessarily uh, esteemed, you know, mm -hmm. and, and you just you just had people that 
had never heard of God, never yeah. heard that God's real, never believed it, and saw Jesus, heard mm-hmm. Jesus, the power of Jesus. And it was just amazing um, of God's desire to show up on the poor in spirit, the poor in heart, those who have need, those who haven't yeah. heard. And, you know, those kind of deals just, they, they ruin you for mm-hmm. life, you know. I, I'm not satisfied with just kind of um, words, yeah. you know. Uh, Paul said, I preach the gospel of the kingdom not only with words, but with power. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was a dynamic, life-changing experience that I think mm-hmm. we all had in those few hours in that wow. train station in Ulan-Ude, Siberia. Wonderful. Uh, just a question off of that. How, how has that experience or experiences like that changed or shaped the way that you minister today? You're in America. You're in a different context. Mm-hmm. You're doing different things. How has that shaped the way that you minister as a pastor? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a hard one. You know, I, I, uh, the biggest thing is I, I want to be, I'm not always, obviously, but I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and what he's doing, mm-hmm. not just trying to make something happen or not uh, becoming passive, but at the same time, in every context, God's doing something different. And I want to believe everything is possible every day for everyone anywhere. So that's a biblical, yeah. uh, theological uh, uh, conviction. Mm-hmm. And Holy Spirit, what are you doing now in this moment among these people? Yeah. So, you know, I try to, in every environment we're in, if I'm preaching or teaching, always call for salvation. Always have prayer teams to pray for healing. Mm-hmm. Giving God every opportunity. Yeah. And then there's those moments where you just sense it's a now moment. Yeah. It's kind of that, it's that chronos versus kairos. You know, chronos yeah. is that we're just marking the times, we're walking with God, we're doing the thing. And then there's those kairos, those boom moments mm. where, okay, God's doing something unique here. Let's yeah. go with it. So, um, yeah, and, and I, I actually, you know, just to be real honest and, and hopefully uh, normally uh, what would be, human with the rest of us is that I think I've missed a lot of those Kairos moments Mm -hmm. by not being as sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so even as I tell these stories again, I'm like, Lord Jesus, would you resensitize my heart Mm -hmm. uh, to be looking, uh, to see, to hear the Kairos moments and to to jump uh, jump on it. Um, I think for sure what happens when you experience that is you're ruined for the ordinary. I'm just not satisfied with normal uh, church, normal Christianity from mm-hmm. a Western context. And and hopefully even telling these stories will re-envision me and others <laughs> yeah. to believe again for those miraculous moves of God. Yeah. I mean, we even see that in the book of Acts. I was reading today, Paul just taking every opportunity, whenever a situation is given to him, like a dead guy, on the side of the road and, and turning it into a chance to share the gospel is that they always took these opportunities. And, right. and, and obviously there were times when he had to pull away and times when he had to press in, but he, he, apparently Paul saw something in these opportunities to go right. take for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it just gets down to the basics of um, every day God is wanting to do something. Yeah. 
God's always working. It, it may be small in you know, the world's eyes or it may be something very profound. But if I truly believe that, then I'm taking every opportunity mm -hmm. to bring Jesus, right? It can be a, an encouragement for somebody. It can be a scripture. Uh, it can be sharing the gospel. It can be praying for a sick person. Mm -hmm. But without taking every opportunity, I don't know if those big opportunities happen. Yeah. You know, like, like people have asked me, well, you know, how can I be involved in something like the dead man's story? And I said, well, maybe a little bit behind it was for the five previous years, I had committed to sharing the gospel every day. Mm -hmm. So I was, it was who I was. It was normative for me. Yeah. I had done a lot of awkward sharing of the gospel, a lot of, I'm going to share it anyway. Yeah. So it was normal when we were in that situation to jump up and out of the overflow, yeah. preach the gospel, right? We're all waiting for the big event, yeah. but it's actually the small event yeah. and the, the, the faithful daily sowing of the life of God that tees you up for those big crescendo moments. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.